Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, this is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back. The old school crew with the new uh, school flavor, Jay Foreman, Bach, and Rico, brought to you by the Mercado, certified Piedmontese, special ingredients for butcher shop. Located at 84th and Havelock, every type of meat, every type of cut. Go in there and say what's up. It's going to be a, you know, a beautiful rest of the day. Weekend tomorrow doesn't look too good, but the, the good weather is going to be back the following week. So uh, definitely stock up on things to uh, cook in the short term and long term. But uh, like we mentioned before, uh, going into the break, there's a you know some things that we wanted to talk about uh, coming out of it, which is the one with the you know the, I think the rooms with the most scholarships, you know, easily are going to be the ones with the, you know the the most activeness in the transfer portal or movement up and down the depth chart. So when you think about it, you think quarterback uh, room, you think receiver room, uh, you could say you think the uh, defensive back room. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on each of those rooms, how they're going to shake out. And let's start with the quarterback room. In your opinion, you know, how does it, you know, obviously without Casey being in spring, uh, you know, I still think in my mind until somebody beats Casey out, he's a starting quarterback. But I also know new coach, new quarterback, it happens. But as it, coming out of spring, assuming Casey's here all the way up and through to fall, how do you see the quarterback room shaking out and how many guys do you think are leaving out that quarterback room? Cause I think right now they have six scholarship quarterbacks. The quarterback room confuses the hell out of me because like you just said, Casey Thompson, the returning starter, uh, Chubba Purdy got some starts. Logan Smothers got some starts, but they brought in Jeff Sims, a new coaching staff brings in their own quarterback. You know, we all know how that usually turns out when a new coaching staff handpicks a quarterback and brings them in. So although I also want to believe that it's Casey Thompson's job to lose, I think the fact that he's not able to practice right now really puts a damper on that situation. So right now I think it's Jeff Sims's job to lose. Um, and I think Casey Thompson, when he comes back from injury, whenever that is, has to put in a good showing for the coaches because although they say they want a running quarterback and they want to to run the quarterback more, if he's able to show them how much more accurate he is than the other quarterbacks, I think that would be able to help him, you know, get gain garner the respect and and possibly work his way into getting that job again. But in terms of transfers, I, I think there's gonna be two. I, I I truly believe if Casey doesn't win the job for one reason or another, he might be one of them, and then you'll see probably one of the young guns enter the transfer portal because, you know, with Casey and Sims, those two I really believe are the only two that have a chance at being the starter. And Jeff just transferred in. So if he doesn't win the job, he's not leaving. So the only person that that could possibly leave out of that out of those two would be Casey Thompson. Um, I hope he doesn't. I hope he gets the job. I really I really think that he would thrive in this offense. Um, but then one of the young guns probably is going to be uh, the next transfer out because that room is so loaded with talent. And if you know one thing leads to another, and Nebraska lands their coveted uh, number one recruit in the nation target. Those young guns really don't stand a chance going going up against that coming in those those next few seasons. Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off, Bach. Oh, I mean, good. I don't think anybody has to, you know, really worry about Dylan Rayola. I mean, obviously, you got to deal with that right there. I think the, the biggest hurdle is, is where they fit right now. And I think the thing that's most confusing, I think, maybe even before, is like, what do you do with hiring Harburg? Torres that has a live arm. Uh, you got Casey out there. Look, you, you, I mean, you got Logan Smothers and Chubba Purdy. You know, you got to have some hard conversations, regardless if you think they do have a future. You can't have six quarterbacks, or you can if you want to, but most likely six quarterbacks, scholarship quarterbacks in that room, and with you potentially recruiting one, I think for 2024 mm-hmm. uh, would be a little odd to say the least. Yeah, and and obviously we're all like really focused at the top, Casey Thompson and Jeff Sims, like you said. And it would be weird for me to see Casey sit through the spring, sit through a spring where he can't work out and lose the battle, kind of like we're saying. So when you say you expect maybe him uh, to transfer if he doesn't get the job, it would be very hard to do so, uh, you know, coming back in the summer. Um, and one way or the other, I mean, it might sound kind of selfish or, you know, what have you. I, if I'm Matt Rule, I find a way to carry those guys into into the season with you. I mean, we saw last year what happens with a lack of quarterback depth or just kind of trying to, to build that up on the fly. Um, it can really, really destroy a team's chances, obviously, at making a bowl game, at getting some some of those wins. I feel like with both those guys, you have different looks on, on offense. I don't think, I, I mean, I think both of them too have been somewhat turnover prone throughout their career. So, I mean, there's going to be probably games where a different look might be really needed, regardless of whether that means for a quarter, a drive, um, the rest of the game, it might, but it might not mean for the season. So, I mean, if they can find a way to keep both those guys, uh, that'll be huge. You mentioned Logan Smothers. I hope he doesn't have the conversation. I mean, because we, I mean, as we look from the outside, he might be a guy that's left out. But um, talk about a guy that's stuck through it. And we've, you know, from the outside, people would have expected him to transfer before because he looks good enough to contribute somewhere. Um, but you know, has kind of sat through uh, now going into his third offensive coordinator. Um, so you know, you talk about what seemingly again. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know, but uh, just reading reading the from the outside looks like a very much of a team guy. Um, but I mean, I agree with you guys. They've they've got to make a move somewhere. I don't think like Chubba Purdy already used his one time transfer. I don't think that the the switching of coaches does that still apply to, to, to where he could transfer right away? I'm not sure. Um, I think it's only within a certain time frame. I think right. you have a couple weeks or a couple months to do that. I, I don't think know. you're right. I think, I think it's out of the time frame now. But Yeah, so, I mean, I, that'll be interesting to look at and maybe eliminate a guy there that probably isn't going to want to sit out a year. But but we'll see. I mean, there's I, I, I do agree with you guys. There's There's got to be a move made um, likely to open up a scholarship spot out of that room. Yeah, I think uh, you know it's going to be the most interesting thing. You know, uh, you know how well or what the I guess, I guess internal or initial reports. You know, obviously, you know there's going to be reports. You know about how each quarterback did. I mean, you, you, you know you can't keep it tight lipped. I mean, this isn't this isn't the you know Fort Knox. So you got to you know there's going to be initial feeling about just is he locked in as the starter or is he the best that was able to practice. And is there a lot of room for improvement there, which would bring into Casey Thompson? He's obviously Casey has a you know coming off an injured shoulder, but you know he's been throwing some, so that's a positive. That lets you know the rehab went went well, the healing process is on time, and um, he's still you know engaged into the program. And so you know Casey you know might be more of a known commodity, right? And you know the what's weird is like if you talk to one person about Jeff Sims, you're like, man, he you know he has a ton of talent. He's a great get for Nebraska. 
really probably didn't get the best opportunity at Georgia Tech thrown into the fire as a true freshman. You know, he's a Florida kid. And, you know, another person I'll maybe talk down that way, they're like, man, you know, he you know, kind of, you know, showed, you know, showed he was like, you know, Auburn type of Cam Newton one game and then, you know, New England Patriots type of Cam Newton, you know, another game where he, looked, you know, doesn't look as in tune into it. So, I think, I think you know, you know, Coach Satterfield and those guys definitely probably feel confident that they can get some more consistency out of them. Um, but I think as much of it, as much of it as, uh, you know, uphill, uphill battle for Casey to, you know, maybe, you know, make up ground since he's not able to participate in spring, I think it also maybe not as big because, you know, Jeff Sims was, their, you know, their pick. That there is some, you know, angst there because you, when you look across the case, you got a guy that's performed well in the Big Ten, can throw the football, is a better athlete than you know people, you know, have assumed, and also they have also done some, or has also done some things as far as leadership uh, on that team, and has you know a good you know reputation, you know, as far as you know outside the program. So, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion, which is obviously it's going to be huge in the summer. In Casey to make up that ground and that fall, you know, for Casey Thompson has got to be, you know, coming out guns and blazing. And ultimately, um, you know, you could you could go into the season one being a starter and one kind of continue to play. I mean, and you've seen that happen. You've seen it be effective. I mean, they, they did it up in Michigan. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Michigan got into the college football playoffs and was very dominant. Now, one guy ended up taking the brunt of it and one got hurt. But ultimately – they were going to go into the season, or they went into the season with an open comp- quarterback competition. So it has been done before in a winning program. So, you know, I wouldn't shy away from it, especially if you feel really good about um, the two guys that are, you know, at the top of the depth chart. You know, and I know Hiring Har- Harburg is, the, you know, the, the talk of the town right now, but he has absolutely zero zero experience. Now, I'm, I'm a firm believer you don't hold that totally against somebody. I think in his situation, you get him – experience you know you know after those two because number one he's making a huge jump from class c1 carney no offense to big 10 football uh and, and practicing and spring practice in a controlled environment so you know ultimately you got to put the best guys out there and sometimes that has to do with experience and so that's the way i envision it um you know i think the next room that's going to be a big uh you know i think the, i think is the, the is right up there with them the biggest uh I guess activity and and see see how it all shakes up. It, it shakes out is the wide receiver room, and I think a little bit of it is because IGC and Xavier Betts came back, and both of them I think have performed well. Um, I think uh, you know I saw a couple highlights, which are, again are just highlights where Xavier Betts obviously looks like he hasn't lost a step, looks like he's in pretty good shape. Again, both of those guys have to prove themselves to the team or uh, to the, you know the whole you know athletic department or football athletic department and team. It looks like they've embraced that role. Then you got, uh, you know, some transfers coming in along with some holdovers. You know, Marcus Washington seems like, you know, the guy that could should be or could be if he continues to improve, you know, the number one receiver. And then where do everybody else shake out after that? I think it's huge. And I think it's huge in the sense of, um, you know, you have a Baylor transfer, uh, Virginia transfer. You know, the Baylor transfer, you know, knows the, the wide receiver coach, you know, personally knows what he likes, knows how he, you know, likes the coach extremely motivated so he's a crutch you know you know he's going to be in the mix and uh, the Virginia transfer even though he's not very big definitely is showing the ability uh in the power five conference that wants to 50-50 balls and be be uh productive so I want to get your guys thoughts on uh who do you see you know coming out you know at the top you know and, and that means you know the top seven 
you know, coming out of there and how many guys you think end up leaving that room uh, before fall camp. I mean, that wide receiver room is such a tough one to call because, again, like you said, there's so many bodies in there. You had two two pretty big transfers. Like you said, Josh Fleeks comes in. He's kind of a ride, running back wide receiver hybrid, but I think they have him listed as a wide receiver on the roster, um, and he knows the coaching staff, so he's, he's kind of uh, has some intimate knowledge there, so that's going to give him a leg up there. And then Billy Kemp, you hear nothing but, but rave reviews about Billy Kemp, and you've kind of seen the production that he can offer you when he was healthy out at Virginia, so um, you, you kind of expect him to, to, to be one of those main guys. Marcus Washington is, is kind of showing himself as one of the, the at least last year he showed himself as not the best receiver on the team because obviously that went to Trey Palmer but maybe one of the best hands with some of the catches that he was able to make um, and hopefully he's able to take a step forward there but in terms of the returning guys I mean you have a bunch of of younger guys that are returning that are extremely talented like like you said Xavier Betts is 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 back in the room and he we all know the type of talent that he has but a guy like uh Hold on, let me gotta find it. Sean Hardy and uh, Victor Jones Jr., like a, a redshirt freshman and a sophomore who rave reviews coming in from high school. Um, but they're now they're in a in, in a packed wide receiver room. Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, one of the better receivers from from last year and the, the only three games that he played. I mean, had a hundred yards against Northwestern and then didn't do much the next two games. And then what is it, six freshmen coming in? Yeah. It's it I don't expect any of the freshmen to go anywhere. I think they're all going to going to stay on the team. So you're gonna have I don't know, probably two wide receivers end up leaving the program in the transfer portal. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to name any names, but it it's going to be hard for all of them to get playing time, and you expect the freshmen to, if some of them end up being extremely talented and able to get that playing time, the other ones need are going to understand, you know, they brought me in for a reason. Maybe I'll redshirt this season, get bigger, stronger, faster, and then next season I'll be able to show, show what I can do because you have – Three, at least three of those that I know for sure, and Malachi Coleman, Jalen Lloyd, and Bryce Turner finishing up their uh, high school track careers because those guys are burners. Yeah, and, and like you said, you don't bring them in, um, and, and if they're not, especially if they're not uh, on the spring roster, they're not going to be going anywhere. So it does, it doesn't, you know, it, it, uh, there's a lot of, of guys in there that have experience that we've seen play, um, and and I wonder if you know Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda, Xavier Betts, uh, did you bring those guys back because you saw them as, as part of the fold, or did you bring them back basically as a tryout? Um, I don't think that you would put IGC in front of the media if you're not pretty sure that he's going to be, uh, you know, a guy that's going to, to make the team and help out. And Matt Rule said, you know, called him really, really, really reliable. So, I mean, I, I think he's probably in good standings there. Uh, another thing to, to just kind of keep in, in a reminder of is Elante Brown not with the team now. Um is is that door open for him to return? Uh, we'll kind of see as that moves on down the line. But like you said, I'm particularly interested in Victor Jones and Sean Hardy uh, because those are guys that are, are not proven yet, but not like they're not old enough that you would you would say that they really necessarily should be. Um, but they're just you know recruited by the previous staff, uh, young guys that hopefully in, in their own right have made enough of an impression to to say that they're either worth um, playing now or as prospects down the line to hold on to. Uh, not to not to interrupt the football talk, but we do have a little bit of breaking news okay. on the Nebraska basketball front. Um, Nebraska basketball gets their first 2024 commit. Okay, four-star guard Nick Janowski, hmm. one of the top players out of the state of Wisconsin. He is the 102nd ranked overall player in the class of 2024, and he chooses Nebraska over a list of. You ready for this? You ready for some of these schools? Oh yeah, Wisconsin, Marquette. 
Iowa State, Iowa, USC, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech. Out of Pewaukee, Wisconsin, Nick Janowski, six foot three, two hundred pounds. There's your breaking news, your basketball news. Yep. I ain't got no hey, much. Yeah, else look, the, look, look, Rico. What I'm telling you, the, the beat don't stop, man. I mean, uh, Fred Hoiberg, you know, he's, you know, Fred known as a good dancer. I'm sure he's at at home or wherever he's at in the office, got his music going, and, um, you know, to, uh, you know, excited about the new get. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the one thing that the, uh, you know, the one thing I wanted to. Uh, say is that Fred is embracing the recruit recruiting now. Now whether it's all him or assistant coaches, um you know what it is is uh it, it's good for the Nebraska program. It's good for, you know, Fred Hoyberg when you go in and you're competing with national powerhouse like or at least this year, Marquette, a thorn in your side Wisconsin that's always a you know in the NCAA tournament team. This is where when you're going and, and beating out those guys for a commitment, you're doing something good. And also with pressure to continue to build a, a basketball program. Mm-hmm. And also what I like about Fred and what especially particularly him is that there's teams that you view as good, solid programs, competitive top 15, 25 programs that, that they're looking at and they're recruiting. So it's not like a one-off where, you know, like you say, oh, man, we're recruiting Jay Foreman, but nobody in the Big Ten even is on his, you know, crystal ball at 10%. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, McNeese State. And, you know, so then yeah. what, what, I, what, what I mean is this, by doing that, you know, you kind of shave off the percentage of boom or bust type of recruit, right? And mm-hmm. so it, it, it's a copycat leap. Oh, well, hey, did Wisconsin do some things that we like? Does uh, Marquette, you know, do they kind of run an offense that we like or kind of, you know, we like their type of style? Well, he could fit into our program. So I think it's a good get, especially being uh, so close in proximity and going into Wisconsin and beating both of those teams out uh, for his services. He averaged 23.7 points, 6.6 rebounds this season, shot 55% from the field and 41.6% from three-point range. Uh, after three only three years, because he's he'll be a senior this next season. He's already his school's all-time leader and made threes, and he helped lead his school to their third straight state championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, it comes from yeah, a good yeah, yeah, that's good to hear. The winning mentality, and that's what you want. You want somebody that's uh, been pretty consistent. He's been a you know a varsity player obviously uh, for some time, and he's continued to you know be successful, and so. I think, you know, it's not only a potential pick, but you're getting the leadership and a guy that can score the basketball. I mean, Mar- Marquette with Shaka Smart isn't getting a guard out of Wisconsin if they don't view that he's a, you know, a, a player that can, can, can come in and contribute. And mm-hmm. so same with Wisconsin. They're not looking for guys to sit on the bench and, uh, you know, wear a uniform. They're looking for guys that can come in and play. And so obviously he's, if he's not the best player in Wisconsin, he's one of them. Uh, it's, a, it's a good day for Nebraska basketball. Uh, and also really good considering that you know actually the last last couple of days has been really good for Nebraska basketball, and so if they could really you know really put the cherry on top um, with a you know a good get that they've been looking at with two homegrown products out of a you know out of a transfer portal, uh, it would be really really good. One thing I want to ask you too, right? About we'll we'll just stick on Nebraska basketball real quick. Do you think they Nebraska basketball had interest in CJ Mitchell or in, in Alvin Mitchell's son, or 
or was it not reciprocated since he played at Creighton trying to go somewhere else? So I think he would be great as at Nebraska as well. Yeah, I, 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 again, I was kind of interested to see that um, if Nebraska would jump into it. I haven't seen, you know, you look at his, his list online, you know, that you make, and I don't know how much of that is from him or just kind of the reports, but one way or the other, I didn't see Nebraska in there. Um, you know, maybe right. it, maybe it is the Creighton thing, um, but yeah, I, I, I thought that that might be somebody that they went after. Um, clearly, I mean, they've. Uh, if they were, if they were needy for targets, I think that that might be a phone call you make, but it seems like, um, they are like, we're saying, uh, now with this, I know this is a 2024 kid, but, um, to, I I mean, they're not, they're not fishing for guys like you said with McNeese state. They're, they're going after some, some pretty uh, reputable guys here. So, um, maybe, you know, I know he didn't have a great year at Creighton. Maybe that doesn't quite make the cup for them as they're, as they're moving forward. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think that, you know, he's homegrown. He was a really good player in high school, somebody that you could, you know, definitely has experience and definitely well coached. You can get some really good intel on him just because of the relationship between Fred Hoiberg and, and Coach McDermott. I just, it's just a little surprising. Maybe, you know, he wants to get out of the state of, you know, Nebraska where, you know, his Creighton was his first choice. I don't think, I can't speak for it, that Nebraska maybe didn't recruit him really heavily at the first time. Maybe that's stuck into the back of his mind, but either way, he'll be productive. I just would, you know, look, I'm all for favor of the guys from, in this particular case, from the Metro coming back and playing for Nebraska. But we're up against the uh, the clock here. We're going to go to break and come back, and we're going to talk a little NBA news. We got the Knicks. Uh, you know, we're going to get into it, Rico, so get ready. We're going to talk about your Knicks versus the Cavs. We're going to talk about Miles Bridges, and we're going to talk a little bit uh, Clippers with uh, Tyron Luke. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, old school with a new school way. Jay Foreman, Bach, and Rico will be right back. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.